All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Dan, how are you, man? Good, man. Michigan basketball sucks, but uh, living life, we're good. Michigan won the Big Ten in hockey, which we'll talk about a little bit. But overall, I'm pretty good, man. Yeah, not the uh, not the season we were looking at. Uh, I don't know. I think we were preseason picked at like 24, AP 24. Um, unfortunately, just like, uh, you know, the start of the year, there wasn't any real credible opponents. And it, it's really hard to gauge. You know, I, we, we've talked about this a few times. The third game of the year, they played Eastern Michigan, and we were at the game. Um you could actually the second game of the year because the first game is an exhibition. So the second game of the year, we were there. We won by five points in a neutral site. And at the time, I think both of us even kind of agreed. We didn't take a whole lot away from it because Amani Bates really kind of balled out. And, um, you know, that next game we played Pittsburgh and we dominate them. And then it was just downhill from there, losing to Arizona State. Um, there was a loss to number three, Virginia, by two points. There was a loss to Kentucky by four points there was a loss to north carolina by four points central michigan at home by two points um at michigan state by six points and at this point it's like yeah we're not beating anybody that's good would you agree yeah yeah and then there was there was a, there, that uh that section that you just hit i mean there was a lot of win to lose to win to lose to win to lose to and yeah that was kind of the narrative there yeah, I mean, in, in that in that stretch, so you, you beat Ohio, the Ohio Bobcats at home in overtime, right? You beat Jackson State by 10. Jackson State, okay? You beat Minnesota on the road. That's a solid win. I get anytime you win a Big Ten road game, I think that's a that's a good a good day. I don't care who it is. Um at home, they beat Liscup by 12. Actually, not even 12, by eight. Uh, they beat Maryland by what seemed at the time almost like a turning point because they had won by like damn near 40. It was like 35 points. I remember watching that game and thinking to myself, okay, we're good now. We're fine. And then the very yeah. next game they beat the very next game they beat Penn State. So it's like, okay, okay, things are things are turning around. And then you lose to Michigan State, you lose at Iowa, you beat Northwestern, you lose at Maryland, the team that you had just slaughtered yeah like you you just beat him by 40 yeah and you lose so uh you know they they ended up uh sweeping minnesota and then they lose to purdue they lose at penn state by 20 and like you just said it was a ton of win two lose two win one lose one it's just how the season went, you know, that I think the best win over the course of the entire year, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if you agree, home win against Michigan State. Looking like it, especially that, you know, Michigan State is continuously, you know, winning through the tournament here, playing in the Sweet 16. So as of right now, it's that. And I would say a second, if I would say second, would probably be at Rutgers. Maybe at that night at Rutgers or Ohio State. I mean, that's or in Ohio State was horrible. Yeah, yeah, but I know it's still beating Ohio State. But but no, to be fair, it'd probably be at Rutgers in Wisconsin at home. Yeah, it just uh, is what it is. So at this point, we go into the Big Ten tournament. 
we have a lead in the second half. We lose to Rutgers. You go in the NIT tournament and you beat Toledo. Toledo had a pretty good season. They were 27-7, and seven, so you feel decent about that. And then at Vanderbilt, the team pissed away. I think it was a seven-point lead in the last minute and a half, two minutes, and and loses in the NIT at, on the road at Vanderbilt. So overall, disappointing season. Absolutely just like – I personally – I lost passion for this team probably at the midway point. Mm-hmm. Um, it was different from last season because last season it, it felt like the team could t- potentially take uh, a turnaround. But this season didn't feel like that, and it just felt lackluster. Opinions on the season. How how are you feeling right now? Do you feel like this was a – we'll talk about Juwan. But do you think this was just overall just a letdown season? Is this a growing season? Um We'll talk about key pieces we lose, too. But I just, right now, I feel very let down. I feel very let down. I, I know they they lose Caleb Hudson and Diabate to the draft, which I didn't think any, neither of those two should have gone. I mean, they got drafted, which is, their, you know, that was their prerogative. But I thought they they could have been huge pieces this year. Uh, but Diabate would have been an absolute dog in this absolutely. offense this year, I think. Absolutely. I uh and you know that would have, that if Caleb Houston would have came back, that means Terrence Williams would have seen less of the floor than he already did on the floor for about 26 minutes a game. You know this was probably Hunter's best overall year in terms of stats. I mean he's last year he was 18 and a half points a game like it was this year. He, he grew to nine rebounds a game and almost two blocks per game. So he, he between rebounds and blocks he he, he improved, but you know. Point guard play wasn't there, obviously, because Doug McDaniel was was fresh. He he built a season at the end, so there's promise there. But with how bad it is, it, it's it's looking a lot worse because Isaiah Barnes just transferred, and I don't know, but you know, if Kobe Bufkin and Jet Howard leave and Dixon leaves, that the, our quote unquote big three right there, our season next year is got a lot of question marks, and it makes me nervous of how. You know, potentially 2023 and slash 24 is going to probably be just as bad, if not worse. This team had a very crazy good stretch of point guard play. And is it Deontay Jones last year? Is that his name? Devontae Jones. Devontae Jones. No disrespect to him. And he had a Michigan Wolverine moment at Ohio State without Hunter, where he kind of took that game over last year and got us into the tournament. So he kind of redeemed himself a little bit, but he had a pretty off and on season. But for the most part, this team, after losing Xavier Simpson, had one season of Mike Smith. And not that Mike Smith was bad. I thought he was a great player. That transfer guard came in. He played great. But that team was so loaded. Duncan Robinson. Um uh, Jordan Poole, uh, Isaiah Livers, uh, Teske, no, not Teske, Hunter Dickinson. That team was super loaded. So, like, you almost can't judge Mike Smith off that team because it's just, like, it's unfair. There's NBA players everywhere, right? But Trey Burke, Derek Walton, Xavier Simpson, and Mike's the one year of Mike Smith, and then it's it's kind of gone down. And personally, hate the injury. It sucks. But the injury to... I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Llewellyn? Yeah, Llewellyn. If that injury doesn't happen, we probably don't get a development year out of Dougie McDaniels, and we 
probably needed that. So, I mean, ultimately, if you remember correctly, there was a, there was a season in there where Derek Walton and Karis LeVert both got hurt, and it was kind of like a development year for Xavier Simpson. It's like sometimes you kind of need that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's okay. We might look back on this season almost in a good way. Like Dougie got some meaningful minutes out there. I, I personally feel really good about how he looked over the last – eight to 10 games where, where are you at on McDaniel yeah he definitely he definitely he grew in himself and you know he he sometimes will sometimes sometimes the shots fall in sometimes they don't you know Xavier Simpson would do those wacky you know inside the free throw line hook shots and you're like what the hell is he doing oh it went in so you know McDaniel would you know does like to do the the high, you know, he's a shorter point guard, so he's got to throw a high arc over off the glass, or he's got to do a floater. Uh, you know, his his defense is, is I guess, is, is you know, serviceable, and you know, he, he's he got got to grow into his role. Is is he going to be a is he going to be a floor general, or is he going to be, you know, um, you know, a three point shooter? You know, I thought he I thought he's he's got promise. If he comes back, I mean, I assume he's back next year or whatever. If he takes the, takes the, the next step and grows, I mean, I think that is one of the spots at least you don't have to worry about so much. I mean, they have, you know, two recruits coming in these next two classes or no, they got two coming in this class and one next. And so this, this year we'll have Papa Conte's a center and they have George Washington who's a guard. So um, hopefully they don't lose too many pieces. Otherwise those guys are have to step up early. You'd rather see, Jet come back and let's see Kobe Buffkin maybe return and that way you can build and mold these guys, but we'll see what happens. Well, let me let me ask you this because I, I think a lot of people are were pretty fed up with this team. I know I was, I know you were. It's like let me just say this. We're running it back. How do you feel? The same team? Running it back. Cause really the only person that's eligible to graduate is Joey Baker, and he's actually, from rumor sounds, like he's going to apply for another year. So we run it back. This squad, you add George Washington. Um, I would be open-minded and on the brink of being optimistic because of continuity and and uh, experience. If those guys leave, I don't know if I'm going to be ready to watch this. Are you over Hunter Dickinson? Yeah. Am I over him? Yeah. No, I'd love to have him back for another year. I the only thing that I would wish that he would do was uh, stop talking on podcasts like he's, you know, out there hoisting trophies every weekend. So I see what you mean. I think to be fair, just gotta back it up. His freshman year and sophomore year, he had a lot of success. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think in in his eyes, he's a pretty proven player. You know what I mean? And this was just a down year for him. And he's a kid that from the moment he stepped on campus, we thought he was a one-year rental. And then he's a two-year rental. And now he's a three-year rental. And now we're, I mean, there's a lot of people speculate that there's a chance he comes back. And senior year, Hunter Dickinson, I feel pretty optimistic that that could look okay um as you know going back to the exhibition game to start the year off um against ferris state i think i that night i became 
uh, Jet Howard's biggest fan. I'm currently looking up how many he had. He had over 30 that night and shot it like unreal. Um, looking at it right now. So Jet Howard had 30 points. He was 10 of 12, 6 of 8 from 3 in 22 minutes. Like literally that night, I'm like, I remember texting him like, uh, we might be unreal this year. Like stupid good. And Kobe Bufkin even added 21 that night. And I know it's fair statement. Like, I wasn't trying to overhype it, but it's like, if we have dudes that can legitimately be that good, we're going to be all right. And it just, it never panned out. I do think Kobe Bufkin coming back with Dougie, that feels nice. Um, pick between the two, Kobe or Jet. Uh, I'm going to stick with, I'll, man, that's a tough one. I'm going to go Kobe. I agree. I agree. Consistent. You get one of the three, Hunter, Kobe, or Jet. I would probably take Hunter. I agree as well. I agree. Especially because it sounds like George Washington could come in and potentially start from day one at the guard spot. You know, and if Kobe comes back, maybe they just move him to the three spot. Who knows? But um I do think that if this team wants to contend for a championship, Hunter Dickinson feels like the way to do it. You know what I mean? But um, let's talk a little Juwan. How much of this season do you put on him? How much of the fact that you – like, do you put it on that they only returned to, like, four guys or some shit like that, or four or five guys? It was – they had one of the biggest turnovers in the entire country. Mm. Um, I think they returned – McDaniels was a freshman this year, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they only returned Kobe, Jace, Hunter. Probably one or two others. Oh, I'm, Terrence. I'm no, Terrence. Terrence was a freshman. No, Terrence Williams? Terrence Williams. I thought, I thought, sorry, I thought you said Terrence for Terrence Reed. Sorry. No, yeah. So I think mm-hmm. those are the four. Like, there yeah. wasn't a ton brought back. So it was a very young team. I don't know. I just... uh. How much do you put on Juwan? I'd say he takes on the bulk of it. I, I do the easy the easy answer right off the bat the the, the instant reaction is you know fire Juwan. And I was kind of like that towards the tail end there when they were losing games they shouldn't. But stepping back, I think I asked you the question texting you once. I said, are we are we looking at this right now back in like how we did with Jim How uh, Jim Howard? Jim Harbaugh in uh, 2018. Like, are we are we judging this fairly? We give him a fair shake of all the of all the bumps and bruises that are not necessarily his fault. You could say, or didn't have control of. And you know, by that I mean, you know, the transfers, kids going to the NBA earlier than expected. You know, um, you know, his seat is definitely hot, but a lot of this too was coaching on, on, on how he manages his timeouts. His, his substitutions were kind of strange. Although John Beeline at times would sub package weird stuff too. Um, and then, you know, like coaching down the stretch, you know, you can't, you, you can't uh, pray that the ball goes in and expect it to all the time. And, you know, they find themselves with cold spells and he, I mean, he'd also, uh, you know, draw up these weird plays at the end of that, that just, didn't work. I mean, I think really the only play that looked like it was 
fairly done up or executed was when Joey Baker airmailed the shot against Illinois or whoever that was. Yeah. That was like a beautiful play drawn up. You just got to sink it. Yeah. And he felt like he at that game at that point in the game was maybe a little like heating up a little bit. So they were like, all right, Joey, step up. Didn't step up. <clears throat> so uh, his recruiting, uh, the honeymoon phase is well over since he's been at U of M. So they're not, they're kind of in the middle of the pack here with these recruiting classes. They're not, they're not massive. I know Hunter Dickinson was a, it was a big get, but uh, a little underwhelming. I know Caleb Houston was a five-star, but he was obviously a bust. I don't know, man. It's uh, I think he takes on a large bulk of this, but then again, it's like, I feel like we're just kind of at that spot where we were with Jim Harbaugh. It's like, man, we just, maybe we were calling it quits too soon. And uh, with, with the attrition, it didn't help. So, I think 2023, I think that is, I think this coming up season, there's no excuses for him. Yeah, I think just like looking back at John Beeline's time at Michigan, uh, I think it's a fair, a fair grade of a program to hit 20 wins. Mm-hmm. Okay. 20 wins, you're pretty much in, in the Big Ten, you're pretty much guaranteed into the tournament. Okay. And then everything after that is basically a plus, right? And John Beeline did not take over a juggernaut, all right? He took over a program that the last coach had spent six years there, Tommy Amaker, and his best finish was third, 18 and 12, or they had a 23 and 11 season where they won the NIT, right? And John Beeline comes in and goes 10, 10, 22, then 21 and 14 makes it the second round. 15 and 17, a down year. Okay. 2010, 2011, he goes 21 and 14. Okay. Then 24 and 10. Then 31 and 8, which is the special season. Trey Burke, all of them. We all remember that season, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Weirdly enough, they finished fourth in the conference that year. Okay. Then 28 and 9. Then they had the injury season with Carrots and Derek that I was just talking about a minute ago where they went 16 and 16. Those were their two best players, and they both got hurt, okay? Yep. Then they go 23 and 13, 26 and 12, 33 and 8 to a national championship game. They lose, and then 30 and 17. And Beeline takes off the NBA, and Juwan inherited what I thought to be a fantastic team. Mm-hmm. It was obviously they didn't get a chance to run in the tournament because of COVID, but they went 19 and 12. The following year, 23 and 5, that team fell dominant. And I remember this so distinctly. I was arguing with people on Twitter and Facebook that Juwan was just doing something that John Beeline had already been doing, right? He took over a team that was already a well with machine. And just started to win with them. It wasn't like he was doing something that John hadn't done. And people were like, no, this team hasn't clicked like this. It was during that. I distinctly remember it was during that beatdown of Villanova. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like ever since that season where they went 23-5, went to the Elite Eight, outside of the tournament run last year, the team was bad last year too. People forget that. But we mm-hmm. just sweep it under the rug because we made a Sweet 16. This year was really bad. It was really bad. So Juwan in four seasons, 19 and 12, 23 and 5, 19 and 15, 18 and 16. He can't reach 20 wins. Yeah. But because he went to the Elite Eight once in the Sweet 16 last year in a shit season, we're just bailing him out. 
This year it's the NIT. What's next year? Because right now, if Kobe, Jet, and Hunter leave, I think this team is 18 feels damn near impossible. Would you agree? Yeah. And, you know, real quick, but John Beeline is. His recruiting classes. I mean, he put a lot of kids, he put a lot of kids in the NBA in this time. Oh, absolutely, he did. And, and with Michigan, he outside of like outside of like uh, Glenn Robinson, who was a five star, and and McGarry, who was a high four. I mean, a lot of his guys were high threes, low fours, and he really transformed them. I mean, like Trey Burke. I mean, outside of Michigan, his his best offer for college was probably Butler in Cincinnati, and you know. Wins the was it didn't he win the Naismith and goes on to, you know, be Big Ten Player of the Year. So, um, you know, it, hope just hope you just hope that Jawan Howard can if he's not going to get these these high level one and dones, hopefully he can start uh, really, you know, um, transforming these guys, building them up, you know, growing them. So, you got to do one or the other. You either have to recruit the absolute top tier guys. Or you have to develop like an absolute machine. And that's what Beeline was doing. He only had outside of like, I think McGarry was like third in his class, right? Was that sound right? Something like that. Outside of like McGarry, he never really recruited these these top level, top five kids. You, you just got to develop them. You got to let them sit and, and, and your system's got to be somewhat good. I mean, Michigan, when Beeline was here, there were shooters everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no shooting on this roster right now. That's half the problem. You know, the best shooter was Jet, and he was bad on defense, you could argue. So, and that's another thing under, especially the Xavier Simpson Wolverines, those teams were fantastic defensively. Mm-hmm. So, anything else on basketball? I know we're just disappointed. We can talk about March Madness if we're, if we're ready to move on, but anything on Michigan? Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, not much, I mean, it's the NIT second round. I don't have to get into in the depth with, with the Vanderbilt game. They obviously played out with Kobe and Jet, so that was a huge downgrade already. And, you know, they commit 16, 15, 16 turnovers, and they were, I think, three of a million for three-pointers. Uh, it was just not a good showing and just a very forgettable game, forgettable season, and uh, yeah, I'm over it on that on that uh, on that term. <laughs> yeah, um, let's talk a little bit about who's remaining in the in the March Madness bracket. Uh, Michigan State. You know, uh, I like to bang on them. I love to hate them. Uh, their campus has been through some hell this year, and uh, in true Izzo form, he's got the number seven seeded Michigan State Spartans in the Sweet 16. Opinions on that? Yeah, definitely definitely been a tumultuous you know uh, late winter, early spring on three, you know, in terms of the campus with the shooting and everything like that. So, you know, it was nice to see when they came to Ann Arbor the the, uh, sharing of the moment between the fan bases and it was kind of needed after the football season. But they, I mean, it's time Izzo. I'd love to to dog him in, in Michigan State. I think at times he can be a, a, a pretty much a crybaby, you know, whiner. But, I mean, he's a hell of a coach. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And right now he's got a team that underperformed in the, during the regular season and playing uh, number three Kansas State here or C3 Kansas State in his region. So, 
it's uh it's it's gun blazing right now i shouldn't use that because not trying to be as sensitive there but balls in the wall balls in the wall Jeez, yeah no it's you're, you're good it wasn't uh it wasn't in more days uh they're the only big 10 team remaining which is kind of interesting which leads me to purdue purdue the last three seasons has lost to a 13 a 15 and now a 16 what do you do overrated do you fire painter um no i don't fire him uh mm, a 13 a 15 and a 16 it's getting worse you can't lose to a 17 yeah i think i think they're in a i mean maybe they do fire him and maybe maybe as a purdue fan you're screaming right now and you're saying yeah we need to fire him uh, i think that He's kind of got him. I think maybe this is this is my opinion. I just think that because that's his alma mater, you pl- you play basketball there against the Fab Five. I think that he's in a Kirk Ferentz or not Kirk Ferentz, uh, Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern situation where they don't want to fire him. And I mean they're they're putting good teams out there. They're just obviously not performing in the tournament, like equivalent to not performing well in the back end of the football season too. I mean, so I, I can see from both sides, but um, I mean, whatever. I mean, it definitely, I would, if I was a Purdue fan, I guess I, would, I guess I would be pretty, pretty pissed, but I, I don't think they should to be honest. <clears throat> so there's only two one seeds remaining, Alabama and Houston. Um, is there, is there somebody like that's left in this tournament that, uh, that you've either picked or is there somebody that you're kind of rooting for? Where are you at on this March Madness tournament? Well, outside of the Big Ten, I didn't really watch hoops during the regular season, as I, I normally really don't. Um, yeah. And and what helped that was Michigan's piss poor year, too. That doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, but when I did a tournament, when I filled out my tournament that I didn't pay Tyler for, um, <laughs> I kind of ended up having Gonzaga win it all. I don't really have a lot of confidence in them. I just liked how their draw was. And then I put down five bucks to win 45 on Alabama because uh, I like their draw right now. I think they're I think they're going to destroy San Diego State. Uh, and if they get by them, they play Creighton or Princeton. And I think they match up well with those guys. So between those two, I'm pretty confident. Um, I was really confident in Indiana. They fell short to Miami. I didn't trust Miami. Um, I don't ever trust Xavier and they beat Pittsburgh which is another team I don't ever trust and they got to play Texas so um out of all these teams remaining I'd probably I'd probably go Gonzaga Alabama and then slight third it might be UCLA so a team you didn't mention uh our counterpart Brad uh big Texas guy you know, I follow him on Facebook enough to see him share every time Texas wins. And through the grapevine this year, just from, like, him sharing stuff, I kind of seen that Texas was beating a lot of really good teams. And it seems like their basketball program, despite some adversity with their head coach and stuff, was just on a on a tear. Uh, I had them losing to Purdue in the championship game. And at this point, I really like their chances to win it all. Yeah. Like they got a really nice team. Um you know, both for, for Brad's sake and just, you know, my, my personal pick, I think Texas has a chance. Uh, I would like to see somebody different win 
obviously like at this point, my, I think my number one rooting interest is in Princeton <laughs> just because of the Cinderella, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I don't have uh, too many betting favorites. I'm not rooting for Michigan state, but it is nice that through what they've been through, they've made it this far. I don't foresee them getting too much farther. I could see them beating Kansas state. I don't see them as a final four team. Elite eight's probably their, their ceiling in my opinion. Yeah. Um, who are they playing if they win? Tennessee or Florida Atlanta? Weirdly enough, I mean, holy hell, things are yeah. shaping up for them. Yeah. But then, obviously, they'd probably have to go up against Alabama. So, and Alabama has been fantastic this year. Uh, I think their first round matchup, Brandon Miller didn't even score, and they still won by like twenty. So, right. yeah. Um. Anything else, March Madness? No, I know. We, I know one of our. I know one of our questions is that uh, is pertaining to, to March Madness. So I'll wait to to talk about that. But a lot of upsets this year. Uh, I did. I did. I do a lot of low risk, high reward parlays, no matter what the sport is, and because the normal bracket pool that I know I get into every year, um, they didn't do it this year. So I was kind of left hanging, and so I had a lot of money to play with. Or I tell myself that. And uh, I did some wild, you know, like 10 to 20 leg parlays. And, you know, it was all like first round stuff. And I picked all the one seeds, all the two seeds, a lot of the, the, the heavy favorites. And then I'd sprinkle in maybe one or two upsets. And uh, let's just say, you know, Virginia and Purdue and one or two others kind of screwed me over. Um, I think one one leg, I laid down 20 bucks to win 700. And... Uh, I went 13 and two. The two losses I had was uh, Virginia, and what was the other one? Um, Arizona. So like a one and two seed, and you go ahead and screw me like that. Uh, or sorry, four and two seed. You want to screw me like that out of seven hundred dollars? So stuff like that. But other than that, man, it's been fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit of college hockey tournament. Um, Big Ten tournaments over. Michigan back to back wins that one. Uh, has to go on the road at Minnesota and picks up a dub. The tournament is final. There's only, what, is there 16 teams? 16 teams. 16 teams. The first game, if I'm reading this correctly, is the 23rd, Boston, West Virginia. Okay. And then Denver, or West, Cornell. West, West Michigan. What's that? Western Michigan. Did I just say Michigan? Well, uh, Virginia. I uh, must be drunk. Boston <laughs> University versus Western Michigan. Then Denver versus Cornell. Okay. Uh, then you got St. Cloud State. Where's St. Cloud State, Minnesota? Yep. Of course. Versus Minnesota State. Yeah. Okay. Then you got Minnesota versus. I want to say, I, I looked this up before my live. I think it's Canisius, and they are a prep private school in Buffalo, New York. Interesting. Okay. Um. Harvard versus Ohio State, fun matchup. Quebec versus Merrimack. Is Merrimack a Canadian school? Well, it's it's Quinnipiac. And uh, what uh, I Mer- say, Quebec. Quinnipiac. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> trust me, I, I'm not good at Canadian names. I only I'm only, I don't want to be I only want to crush because I know it. But uh, Merrimack, I'm not sure to be honest. It, it's weird because you hear these names and like, dude, that's got to be in like. Ontario somewhere, but it's somewhere in like Pennsylvania. 
but no, uh, I'm not sure where Merrimack is at. To be it's honest. actually in Massachusetts. There you go. There it is. Um, Penn State versus Michigan Tech. Michigan Michigan typically has a lot of good hockey teams. And then number three in the country, Michigan versus Colgate. Um, so Michigan doesn't play till 8:30, and then the winner will play. The winners of those two matchups, Penn State, Michigan Tech. And Michigan Colgate will play on Sunday the 26th, right? Do I have that correct? I believe so, yeah. Okay, yep. So let's talk a little bit of Michigan here and what their what their obstacles are. Colgate, what do you know about Colgate? Uh, not a whole lot. Colgate is uh, in the tournament because they won their uh, conference championship. They got six NCAA appearances. And one Frozen Four appearance. Uh, last time they were in the Frozen, uh, the last time they were in the tournament, they lost in the first round of Ferris State in 2014. Um, they they boast a pretty good goalie, Carter Gillender, uh, with 34 saves and 14 in the third period against Harvard. Uh, so they're they're not, they're 19 and 15. I mean, so I mean they got a, a, a mediocre record, but it doesn't mean that uh, they can pull off an upset. So. You know, Michigan's got to go in there and cross their T's and dot their I's. But uh, uh, to jump ahead just a hair, uh, if I had to choose between to play uh, Penn State or, or Michigan Tech, I would probably actually pick Penn State, even though we're in Allentown region, which is uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, given the geographic location and everything like that, being in Penn, uh, I'd rather play them. Michigan Tech boasts uh, one of the best goalies in the country. Um I just want to say his name is. This is escaping me. Hold on, real quick. Uh, Blake Patila. Uh, Patila. I'm probably butchering his name too. He's only averaging less than two goals a game, and he's he boasts the nation's best ten shutouts with a 92% uh, save percentage. So, you know, he uh, he's obviously you know lock it down between the pipes. So, I, and, and you know, Michigan's had Penn State's number already. Um, so, if I had to say that, I, I kind of hope that they they take on Michigan Tech, and you know, maybe I'll eat my words. Or uh, Penn State, rather. So obviously, Michigan Tech's a pretty elite um, hockey program, Division One hockey program. They're part of the Central Collegiate Hockey Association. That's yep. their conference. That's the one. That's the one that. Uh, um, that's the one that Michigan used to be a part of before the Big Ten was formed. For hockey. Yes. So the CCHA that you just mentioned, whatever there was. Yeah. Random collection of teams. And I was about to say it's just a random. Really about to say it's just a random selection of teams like Bowling Green, Ohio. Yeah, there's no Mac. They're part of this. Yes, and yeah, and so you know, back in the back in the day, or I don't say back in the day, but before the Big Ten was formed, a lot of these teams now um, in these outside conferences here, they were they used to be in the CCHA or vice versa. A lot of teams have have moved around uh, once once the Big Ten was formed, like I said, and. Um, you know, you could go to Bowling Green and watch Michigan play play just you know an hour south of here. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, Alaska Fairbanks, uh, I think Quinnipiac was in it at one point. Uh, Omaha, Nebraska. So a few of the first ever hockey games I went to before, I'm like, who in the hell are these teams? And uh, but yeah, Wisconsin, uh, which the third Minnesota school in that is the yeah, St. Cloud State. Minnesota and Michigan have great programs throughout the entire entire state and michigan tech is definitely one of them <clears throat> interesting okay yeah i just learned a little something hopefully the audience did too so you're you're like in michigan over colgate obviously right is that yeah does yeah. that does that is that a threat 
like I said, I don't think uh, I don't think any of these teams are bad. Uh, you know, last year I think the first round Michigan played against American International, another team I've never heard of before, and uh, I think they won five three. And I correct me, I, I could be wrong. I don't know off the top of my head. I think that they won that overtime. I don't think they've won in our time. Anyways, um, so any team can sneak up on you, so they, they definitely have to uh, to play on their on their A game. But Colgate can can definitely you know give them give them a test run. And then you would like you would like Penn State in that uh, in that second round. Do you happen to know what the season series is with that or no? Uh, not on the top of my head. If uh, if Michigan, I would say Michigan maybe lost one, but uh, they took care of business every other time. And when I saw them in person. You know, Penn State's a very physical team. But, uh, again, you know, I might eat my words and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'd rather play them with – we have familiarity. And, you know, with Michigan Tech, they just have a really good goaltender. And, you know, Michigan is strength, Michigan's strength is their explosive offense, not so much their defense. And so, yeah, hopefully um, they, they win this whole damn thing. Um, in a potential Final Four matchup, Michigan versus Ohio State. That's got to be pretty fun, right? That would that would be very exciting. Um, a lot of the, the, the um, I want to say two of the analysts that I watched on ESPN when they were doing their you know uh, bracket breakdown, they liked Harvard winning that side of the bracket and playing Michigan in the Frozen Four over Quinnipiac, huh? who's thirty four and three. Yes, and then they picked uh, I think Boston over Western and that whole side. And then Minnesota. So you'd have Minnesota, Boston, Michigan, and Harvard. That was the consensus between the small panel that I watched. But, uh, I, I mean, Denver it won it last year. They're looking to repeat. Um, and, you know, Minnesota State was in the uh, Frozen Four last year. You know, Michigan lost to Denver um, in the semis. So uh, it, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a, a duel no matter what game you out of these you're watching. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to this. Um, do you happen to see? Oh, here it is. Okay, so the first ma- the first round starts this Friday and ends on Sunday. So basically, first and second round, and then you get a one week break, right? Does that look right, or is that two weeks? I think they get a week and a half or two weeks, something like that. Because I remember, yeah. I remember last sixth and eighth. Yeah. I remember taking a vacation last year of Florida and I was the only guy in the whole entire bar uh, on the beach uh, wanting to watch uh, the frozen four. So, and I think that was like mid, not say mid April, probably like the first or second week of April. So uh, it definitely, they, they don't go, they don't, you know, do a turn burns as fast as basketball. Yeah. Um, anything else on Michigan hockey right now until we have uh some scores settled. Anything else with that? No, I just want to say that uh, you know Michigan football is, is God for me, but uh, but Jesus is is number two uh, with uh, Michigan hockey. Like it, like them two are like one A one B for me. So watching Michigan hockey on Friday uh, or excuse me Saturday up in Ann Arbor with some some family and friends, uh, go back to back just like football. That was uh, that was heaven. That was absolute heaven. So love to see it. Yeah, you know, I, for me, I think you said this, you know, a couple weeks ago on the pod, and this is my testament in life is like, I, I bleed blue. And if I get to watch Michigan play chess 
uh, watch Michigan play chess. You know, um, football and basketball are my two top. Uh, I've dabbled into baseball and hockey. And when I have a free free night and I can watch them, especially in a playoff atmosphere or playing Ohio State, I mean, I'm, I, I want to take that time and, mm-hmm. and watch. And it was uh, a great time watching Minnesota the other night at my house. And um, it's cool because for whatever reason, if Michigan's on and they're playing Ohio State, my son immediately, he takes on, you know, the uh, the identity of his dad is let's beat Ohio State. He doesn't care what the sport is. He's like, oh, we're playing Ohio State. Let's beat him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was watching that Minnesota game with me the other day. And then my daughter crawled up my arms. We were watching and saw all the three of us. And, um, yeah, just, uh, just a great atmosphere having to go on the road and, and go back to back in, in opponent territory. So doesn't matter what the sport is when Michigan's dominating it's always fun so mm-hmm. but back to our number ones football uh first off you know I didn't uh, I didn't start us off with a, a random topic this week but I do just have uh one random question are Ohio State fans just absolutely melting down uh if you go on the mess- if you go on the message boards and go on Twitter um it is, it is absolute bliss to, to read it. It, it. I love it. Absolutely. What do you think? I don't even want to talk about Ryan Day. What do you think would happen if we beat them a third time? I, actually, I'm going to be really arrogant here. What do you think is going to happen when we beat them a third time in a row? There is going to be people giving Ryan Day the absolute business. And if someone gets a hold of his phone number, they are going to be crank calling him, and he'll never be able to sleep. He's going to get death threats. He's going to get his house is going to get antiqued. It's going to—I mean, if people don't know what that means, it's putting plastic silverware and putting flour all over your grass, TPing, egging his house, egged. Dude is uh, the dude's on. He's it's make it or break it for Ryan Day. Uh, you know, at first I was kind of like, you guys got to settle down. You guys have had success, blah, blah, blah. But according to Ohio State fans, it's it's Cooper come again, which I find adorable and hilarious. But, yeah, uh, dude, um, if I can I, – I'll put this on Twitter this, this evening. If I can watch Ohio – like, anytime I'm in a bad mood, if I can watch Ohio State fans cry like they the way they did in 2022 in Columbus, I mean – just injected right into my right in my blood vessel dude it was so goddamn fucking fun it's been uh it's been something else you know when tom brady left the patriots i had to quickly alter how i was talking about the patriots the patriots are 100% still a competitive franchise but only on a week-to-week basis, not for championships, at least not right now, right? And I can no longer talk about the Patriots as if it's like almost like a for sure thing, like we're 100% going to be back in title contention next year. Like there's certain things that have to happen now for me to see that, to turn a page and almost be able to continue talking like that. That is not the case for Ohio State fans. They still believe they are a tier above us. As a matter of fact, I just read a comment the other day on Twitter. I don't know if it was you that shared it. Um, but basically they can't be losing to bottom tier teams like us. You know what I mean? And it's just hilarious because 
if we're the bottom, what are you? Because <laughs> this bottom's been beating you like a drum for two years. Right. And uh, it's, you know, it, it's not just football. You know, it's it's hockey, it's basketball, it's fucking gymnastics. I mean, it's chess. What whatever it is, Michigan seems to be the better program right now. And obviously, there's there's things that you know Ohio State is is absolutely superior in, and um, Ohio State's still an absolute juggernaut of a program. But to honestly look yourself in the mirror and say that Michigan's not equal or better at this moment, you're lying to yourself. So yeah, and and real quick too, I, I mean, I give. I give Ohio State fans my respect in the in the regard of, you know, they're passionate just like you and I are, and mm-hmm. they they expect the absolute most from their program and their school and their and the team they root for. That's perfectly fine, and I'm not trying to com- compare us, you know, on how we react to things. But being a Michigan fan, you know, ever since high school, I mean, it's it's been a rough one. Like 2003, 2004 on from there, it, it's been a rough go against against Buck to, uh, Buckeyes, but um, you know, so when they have when they have any sense of uh, adversity, it's just completely over exaggeration and to these, these extreme levels of, you know, whatever comes to mind first. Like 2011, I know we beat them, you know, in a close game at home, but you know they had a six-win season and they were like, even though they had Braxton Miller, he was a freshman, right? He would, they were like by next to army and the academies in terms of passing efficiency, like their offense was not great and they lost a lot, but it was one season and it was, you know, burn it down, you know, redo everything. And guess what next year, because of the sanctions, they weren't able to play in the postseason. They go undefeated. They go 12 and 0 with Urban Martin's first year. And it's like, you guys had one taste of of losing and it was uh it was all hell you know all hands on deck which again i give you credit because that's you get you want to you want the best for your program but you know we've gone through hell for 20 plus years and we we see our team win two two years in a row and absolute clapping cheeks and we ever as fans as alums whatever we have every right to to brag boats and, and talk smack and then it's you know what we always used to get yelled at for and 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 uh, put down. Oh, you know that's the past. You can't talk about the past. You know what do you guys do before color television? And it's like we win two years in a row, and it's like, well, you guys haven't won a natty since like World War Two. It's like, dude, you guys you gotta you gotta pick your battles. You guys can't go back on what you guys you know. You can't be hypocritical. So again, that's the point. That's the part for me that is absolute. Nirvana is watching, like for example, that chick that's on TV, whatever. She's sitting there bawling her eyes out, and I just see Donovan Edwards just up and down eighty-five <laughs> yards. It's just like I can't express the the enjoy the joy that that comes into my my. Oh, it's just it's hard to explain, man. <clears throat> no, I, I I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, what do you got on recruiting? Anything, uh, anything exciting? So, I know there was a, there was kind of a big commit today. Yeah. So I actually, uh, like an hour before we, uh, we linked up to do this, we, or yeah, about two hours ago, there was big news. Uh, Michigan lands their seventh recruit in the 2024 cycle, and it's four star running back Jordan Marshall out of Cincinnati, Ohio. And he's Gatorade player of the year in Ohio last year, 34 uh, all purpose touchdowns. And right there, it's a huge get for Michigan because, 
supposed to go to Ohio State. He was crystal balled a million times on rivals to go to Ohio State. And all I heard after Michigan beat Ohio State, like we just talked about in Columbus, you know, they instantly grabbed two commits right after the game. Oh, uh, yeah, but those guys, Cameron Calhoun, Jason Hewlett, they weren't even offered by by Ohio State. I'm like, just wait. Count your blessings, just wait till, till, more, till the, the dominoes fall. And guess what? In the 2024 class, they go out and get uh, Ted Hammond, which is one of the best tight ends in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the state of Ohio, go figure. And now they just landed Jordan Marshall in Cincinnati, Ohio. So we're right back in your back door. Michigan football would not be where it'd be today if it wasn't for the Desmond Howards, the uh, Colasars, the Charles Woodsons, right? And so guess what? That guy was supposed to go to your school. Adam Edwards was supposed to go to your school. They don't. They go to Michigan so far with Jordan Marshall, at least in terms of committing. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and, and downplay it all, and I'll be here laughing at you if it works out in my favor, and I'll eat my words if it doesn't. But um, it, things are changing, and guess what? All it took was two consecutive wins. That's all it took, and kids are starting to see it. Yeah, you know, so another kid that's uh, definitely on our radar, I know, as of right now, this is – we're all in. Um there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have been talked about over the last year or so with Michigan. And unfortunately, Michigan hasn't really had the success. Definitely not with uh, CJ Carr or Dante Moore. Uh, you know, Dylan Raiola leaves Ohio State, but he doesn't seem like he's interested in Michigan. It's probably either Nebraska or somewhere else. But Jaden Davis, five star kid out of North Carolina, uh, seems like he's crystal ball to Michigan. Is that what you're thinking? Or when, when do you think that gets finalized? I don't know I, what the timeline that, is on that. Yeah, that, this is long awaited. A lot of people are, are worried that he's actually going to go somewhere else and, and not choose Michigan because he's taken forever, kind of like the, the Nicholas Harbor uh, project. But I think I think Jane Davis is going to be a, a Michigan Wolverine soon. He's supposed to be committing, I think, here after spring break. If I'm not mistaken, it could be wrong. But if, you, if any Michigan fans follow Sam Webb on Twitter, he's one of the uh, the guys from WTKA in Ann Arbor, 10.50 a.m., and uh, is one of the recruiting insiders. And I, he, he's telling Michigan fans all the time to not worry and not get it, just calm down and let the, the cards fall. And uh, he talks to Jane Davis's dad all the time. I don't think we have anything to worry about there, but obviously there's still, there's still a little worry in the back of my mind, um, you know, but uh, I, I think they're okay. And I think uh, there's a, a five-star quarterback that they, that they have an interest already with from the, I think the 2025 class. So there's options Dylan Raiola is still up in the air. We've talked about that, I think, last time. Um, but kids are kids are interested. I think the number one edge rusher in the country, I think he's out of Georgia or whatever. I think he's supposed to be visiting Michigan soon. So um, I know we, Michigan isn't uh, the the program to dish out upfront NIL money. It's more of come and earn it. And, um, you know, so far it's looking like it's working. And, and real quick, too, uh, Taylor Tatum, he's a four-star running back out of Texas. He's in the top 100. And according to EJ Holland on Twitter, uh, he reports that Tatum says nothing's changed about his thoughts on Michigan, even with Jordan Marshall um, committing today. So that's another player that, uh, you know, is keeping his, his sights on. Michigan's going to be absolutely loaded at running back. So one of these guys we're not going to get, you know, someone's not going to come because it's so crowded. But um, at least people are interested. <clears throat> are you – when you're when you typically go to recruiting, um, just to give the listeners an idea, do you use rivals? Do you use twenty four seven? Use both? What do you usually use? 
Uh, well, at first, I follow every one of the, the services on Twitter, and I usually like to go to Rivals. I think, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you know, but I think Scout.com got bought out by Rivals a few years ago, and Scout used to be my favorite, uh, but it's essentially Rivals now, and so I think Rivals is cool. Every one of the recruiting services will have a few outliers that they don't agree on, and so they'll rank them a lot differently. Like he, you know, one guy will be like, this guy's a, a, a low-end five-star, and the other one will be like, he's a high-end four-star. So, I mean, stars don't mean everything. We know that, but um, definitely on three is a good one, 24-7 sports and, uh, and rivals, but rivals is probably my number one. Yeah, Rivals has Jordan Marshall, the running back that committed to Michigan today, as their number three running back. There are no five stars for the 2024 class, at least not as of now. Now, because obviously they can they they change all the time. They downgrade yes. and they upgrade. And real yeah. quick too, another one. Some people like ESPN. I will say this: what ESPN I think is really accurate on is their top 300. And I think there's a lot of graphics that will get put out there uh, about what programs look like with so many ESPN top 300 guys and maybe it's 250. I think it's top 300 and you know, like the Georgias and the Alabamas will be like, they got like 15 top 300 guys and the next big 10 schools got five, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So keep an eye on the top 300 for ESPN too, because those are pretty accurate. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have been very critical about Michigan's recruiting classes over the last couple of years. Like that's the one thing that Harbaugh still hasn't quite got under control as of today, 2024 sits number five. So it's very distant behind Georgia, Uh, Georgia, as far as like the point system, if you want to follow that, uh, Georgia is dominating the field. It's Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, Florida State, and then Michigan, Clemson, Florida, Wake Forest, weirdly enough, Alabama, South Carolina, and then Ohio State comes in at 12. So mm-hmm. um, anything else, Michigan recruiting before we hit the mailbag and then hit the road? Yeah, no, I, yeah I guess I'll just say this, too, is, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of anti-Michigan fans will, you know, obviously use the the, the loss to to Georgia, especially, and, and and TCU, you know, as an effect of, uh, you know, bad coaching or not, you know, whatever. But the thing is, is if you're not the top three teams in this country year in year out, which is usually Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, and you, you would used to be Clemson, I guess, is if you're not in those top three and you're not getting consistent amount of five stars all the time like that, it is so hard to to win the national championship game. You know, Ohio State undoubtedly won the 2014 national championship right but they've also been the national championship or the the football playoff and gotten absolutely blown out michigan state's been in the playoff before and absolutely got blown out the disparity is not even kill yet so if, if michigan goes in there and loses in the college football playoff again again we're, we're still getting over that ohio state hump so i would if i'm a michigan fan even i just there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of green greener pastures ahead of us so it's one thing at a time. You got to work on what we talked about last year is beat the teams you're supposed to beat, beat Ohio State, win the national championship. Our season here, to me, is natty or bust. Let's go. Yeah, you can't even begin to panic if you're an Ohio State fan. I mean, there's there you have too much going. Uh, high recruiting classes, explosive offense. Um, right now you got to figure out a way to go up in Ann Arbor and beat Michigan. I mean, that seems to be your biggest headache. I mean, you literally went toe-to-toe with the national champions and lost on a field goal that my son would kick on Madden. So it's like, it, it's not, you're, you're pretty damn close. So, 
Um, do you have the? Uh, do you happen to have the mailbag in front of you? I do. You wanna? You wanna hit us with the first question? Yeah, I I I, uh, I asked you a question here on here uh, on the post. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Actually, actually, two questions, but I'll save those last. We get to the the, the people here that that chimed in. We'll start with uh, uh, Jamie Lado, obviously longtime listener and uh, you know one of our closest friends. Yeah. Uh, here is the success. Real real quick, real quick. Shout out Jamie Lado. I don't know if I've done this on the pod. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I don't want to get into personal stuff, but uh, Jamie has been an absolute warrior this year. Um, again, I don't want to go into his personal business, but, uh, shout out to him. Um, thanks for always listening. Thanks for always writing in. And, uh, you're just, you're a fucking badass dude. That's all I gotta say, but go ahead. Absolutely, man. Um, anyways, yeah. So, uh, he asked, where is success slash failure line on Michigan football this year? Bare minimum, you got to beat Michigan State and Ohio State. If you lose either of those seasons of failure, okay? I, you you got to you got to win a playoff game. You got to. Um, I think right now, losing to Michigan State's not really on my radar. Losing at Happy Valley kind of is. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, you can't lose Michigan State, and 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 Penn State is is definitely another another test. Yeah, yeah, um, that that is looking to be as of right now a top ten matchup on the road. State College probably a whiteout if I had to freaking guess. Um, that's on my radar, but you know, obviously being Ohio State, but the playoff game. I mean, I'm 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 kind of chalking Michigan into that spot already. If that's he he asked the question. That's why I'm doing it. Like, I think a one-loss Michigan team, depending on who it's to, I think has a chance to get in the playoffs. But regardless, like, I think the goal needs to be going undefeated again with the roster that we have and the offense that we have. I think that's completely plausible. And you you have to you can't win the national championship unless you're in the national championship game. You got to get there. You know, um, I posted this on Facebook a while ago. It's like our pursuit for a national championship has to start somewhere, um, which is why I was excited for spring practice. But at the same time, like a pursuit for a national championship, you have to get to the national championship. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. Our pursuit for the Big Ten championship, you had to get to the freaking game itself. Beating Ohio State usually is like the automatic bid, and it has been the last two years. And I think, you know, that's still the tone. As of right now, this roster, this quarterback, this running game, this offensive line, this defense, uh, this personnel grouping, this head coach, everything that's going with Michigan right now, they are the favorites. They should be the favorites. They should be the betting favorites. They should be favored in every game until we don't know their scheduled opponent meaning let's see who they're playing in the big 10 championship game which i believe they should be favored um and then let's see who they're playing in a potential playoff game but again i'm sure you agree you you, you can't win the national championship unless you make it to that game so what, what's yeah. your opinion on that, though? yeah so yeah for me gotta be your rivals which is michigan state penn state michigan state obviously last year was was a huge uh 
bloodbath. Uh, it yeah. was it was disgusting. It was uh, not what you want to see, and uh, it took an unfortunate tragedy for Michigan and Michigan State fans to come together in a basketball season to finally calm down, and so to speak. And I I, I would love to see another ass whooping on, on these clowns, and they're gonna have to do an East Lansing. It's gonna be a tough test, but you know if, if Jim Harbaugh loses that loses that game, a lot of momentum goes the other way. Uh, you got to beat Penn State because Penn State, James Franklin, for some reason, is always compared to Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh, you know, a notch against him, whatever, just puts wides the gap. And with Ohio State, uh, three people, that would be absolutely awesome. We've, we're have we right there at the summit in this rivalry uh, to get over to the other side. Um, but I'll put this plainly and bluntly uh, here at the end. Uh, for me, 2023 is national championship or bust. Um, 2021 was an unexpected Cinderella, let's say ending, because it ended with a loss of Georgia, but you know what I mean? It was uh, it was just an emotional high, and we were kind of happy to be there. Won the Big Ten Championship first since 04, and get goosebumps talking about it. 2022, this past year, was a business trip, and we fell short of what, what our goals were, and we tracked, I think, three or four of those off, the, off our boxes, and a few more plays go our way in the TCU game. Who knows what happens against Georgia? We don't know. Um, so for me, that's where I'm at. Um, second question uh, coming from Jennifer Fisher. Uh, thank you, Jennifer, right now. Uh, long-time listener. Uh, which upset, according to the, I'm assuming this is the NCAA um, March Madness, uh, which upset has been the most surprising? I mean, it's only happened twice in, our, in, our, in the history of, of college basketball, where a 16 seed beats a one. Yeah. So is it is it fairly Dickinson beating Purdue? Yeah. I mean, that's first off, I, I personally picked Purdue to win the whole thing. Yeah. So not only was it a one seed, I, I thought they were one of the better teams in the entire field. Yeah. Um, and I just really thought they were built the right way. They had shooters. They had obviously the 7-10 freaking 80. Um it just felt like they were ready to make a, a strong run, and they, they lose in that sense. Uh, the other one, you know, Princeton beat uh, – gosh, who did Princeton beat? Arizona. Arizona. You know, Arizona um, seems like they've been a basketball school pretty much my entire life. And uh, the last couple of years, anytime they've been remotely good, they just haven't had enough to get it down to the wire and they lose to a 15 seed. So I think those are the two that come to mind. Um, kind of a shocking team, though. Uh, I'll pump the, you know, I'll put them over again. I think uh, I think Michigan State's been kind of shocking just for the fact that they really didn't have the greatest season. I mean, we beat them, you know. It, but uh, here they are in the Sweet 16. Um, yeah, so for me, it was I, I wrote down two as well. Like, fair, fairly Dickinson over Purdue, that was – to me, the most surprising, a lot of shock value there. Didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, and this next one was more of uh, just based on a, how the game ended in a single play, and that was the Furman over Virginia. And Virginia, speaking of 1-16, uh, Virginia was the first one seed to lose with 16 seed like five years ago. And this ending of the game was absolutely wild. Kevin Harlan and uh, Stan Van Gundy are kind of like Joe Rogan at the fights. They're like, what? doing this and just the boneheaded inbounds played intercepted and then the three goes in that was like 
just bang bang and that was just like holy cow you know uh so that would those that'd be the, the ones for me um as soon as the ball was intercepted it felt very jordan pool oh yeah caught at midcourt thrown to the corner and then nothing but net yeah and when you're when you're uh on the losing end of that like for me it was kind of uh you could maybe i'd say app state 07 or or the 2015 pump block michigan michigan state game like when you're on the losing end of that you're just in such awe and shock you're like this isn't the end of the game is it there's like there's a penalty flag there's a timeout the thing that hurts the most about that is it wasn't Furman's possession it was virginia's they threw the ball away it's like all you had to do is hold it and you probably win that game but yeah uh so yeah, after uh, after those two, uh, it was basically what I asked, and so um, we we kind of uh, see here. All right, so Juwan Howard, hot seat, panic button. I already kind of went about me. How's it about you? Yeah, see, I'm not sure I talked about that. Uh, as of right now, I'm going to do the same thing I did with Jim Harbaugh. I feel like I was one of the last ones, and and probably I shouldn't have been because there was more evidence that Harbaugh should be fired. But I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Jawan alone. Um, I, I think I've said this on the pod. I know I've said this to other people. I am a sucker for anybody that wants to coach Michigan. I didn't want Brady Hope to be fired, um, because it felt like he wanted, like, if you gave the man one job in the entire country, you get to pick any any job in the entire world, it felt like Brady Hope wanted to coach Michigan. Um, so I was a sucker for that. And it feels like that's where Juwan's at. And maybe that's just because his boys are there. I don't really know. It feels genuine to me. It feels like he's the right guy for the job. It just got to get there. Got to get a turning point. As you alluded to, and I kind of, you know, piggybacked. Recruit better. Or develop, or both. It's got to be one of the two. Those are the those are the only clear succession plans, success plans. Sorry, in college basketball, like it's clear cut. You either develop and win, or you recruit and win. Like mm-hmm. there's no in between. There's just right. really in between. So right. <clears throat> that's right. So, so so to piggyback off that real quick, um, you know, I what are what are what are two things that fans want to see with their teams you want to be good and you want to be good for as long as possible and you want to beat your rivals and you want to be rivals but to me you want to be good and want to be good for a while right yeah. you want to you want everyone every football nfl fan or whatever we all want the patriots dynasty we all want to win yes. we all want to win. sustained excellence absolutely so you know when when you get a guy that wants to be there too like you hope the rest comes with it as well and like guys like Lincoln Riley and um, uh, Lane Kiffin, like those are, those were good offensive minds, good coaches. But like, how long do you get them for? You know, if those guys were on the job market, like you sure be cool to give give us a spark in recruiting and put us on a on a pedestal somewhere. But you know, I want a guy that's going to be here, uh, basketball, football, whatever, and, and it's going to you know have sustainability and and, and whatnot. So hopefully, yeah, Jawan Howard gets that turnaround. Um, so the last question, another one for me, is uh, again I kind of answered this earlier. You didn't. Uh, who starts for center for Michigan next year? Yeah, if it's, I, I think it's Hunter. But if it's not, 
Terrace Reed is ready to take on that spot. And the one thing that's kind of irritating, and we talked about this like three pods ago, maybe it was just last pod. I don't remember. It feels like a long time ago. I just thought that Michigan needed to do something prior to the tournament to kind of get on a run. If you remember that 2013 team, they they started the, the pick and roll with with Trey and Mitch McGarry, and they kind of made that move. And Mitch McGarry went on what was basically a very, very, very elite run, right? And I just thought that maybe that looked like Terrace Reed and Hunter playing next to each other. And maybe it's lack of depth. Maybe it's, you know, fear of getting those guys in foul trouble and having to play small ball. But there were just things that I thought Michigan could do better. And I, I wonder what that lineup could look like. Um, but, yeah, I, I would – I feel good whoever it is. But I would love a fourth year of Hunter. I, I just think um, it, it would just be nice to have a player of his caliber start and play four years. I mean, Xavier did. Um, loved, I love Xavier Simpson. He wasn't elite from day one. Hunter arguably was, but, um, I hope Hunter comes back. And, uh, and so that's it for the mailback. Uh, appreciate you guys writing in and, and real quick too. I forgot to, you know, in the recruiting segment, I mentioned that, uh, Michigan landed, uh, Brandon Hillman. We talked about it last time. Oh yeah. How we offered him and he chose, I guess, Michigan over Ohio state. And he was, I think last week I said he was the number one athlete or number four in the state or something like that. So, and he instantly, I guess, becomes the highest rated player in the 2023 class. So he's literally able to play this year and uh, with him committing. So, um, or, you know, signing and then committing to Michigan after leaving Notre Dame. So, I don't know, far into the off season here, you know, it's probably going to be on campus over the summer, but it's a hell of a great, a hell of a get man. And, Again, Michigan fans, we talked about earlier, like Michigan, we had a, you know, a little bit of a lackluster recruiting class, or some say, but with this transfer portal and a little of the late additions here, I think we're going to be just fine for uh, for this uh, rotation. Yeah, I literally can't wait for football season. And which reminds me, now that basketball season's kind of done, um, I'm sure we'll have probably one more pod around uh, the end of hockey, which is early April, and then Right after that's done, we'll probably start this uh, summer mini the summer mini series of the the twenty one best Michigan games in the Jim Harbaugh era. I cannot wait for that. I literally, I, I'm literally thinking about that every night. What's that? I'm literally thinking about that every night, dude. Good. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, for those you know that, that are still with us here as we talk about this, like we're so excited about this. We're already talking about the next categories that we can do. Um, we're very hyped for this, so I hope you guys are really uh, excited for this, too. And we're going to put it out on, on every platform we have. And, yeah, so uh, I think that's it for me. Anything else from you? I'm good, buddy. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Hope, uh, hope you guys are doing what we're doing. Uh, me and Brett, Brad are back uh, tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, it'll be today. Uh, for probably a, a super long pod too, talking all your NFL news and notes and uh, lots to cover. We haven't potted in several weeks. So um, join us back tomorrow and uh, catch me and Dan next time we do another pod, which will probably be beginning of April. So see you guys later and go blue. Go blue. Real talk. <laughs>